Prison Colony Resistance is brought to you by Sam and the Maxman Productions. back to Prison Colony Resistance. This is the Vaxman. Sam and I are joined today by a very special guest, Carl. Carl took the Pfizer vaccine in Western Australia in the city of Perth. He was a bodybuilder, fit as could be. And now, he struggles for breath as we conduct the interview with him. It's another horrible story, one all too common, and one that we keep seeing here and there and everywhere. Yet our chief health officers, they say there's nothing to see here. Well, come and listen to Carl and see the kind of morbidities that he now has to live with as a result of the injection with the Pfizer-BioNTech quote-unquote vaccine. So our our whole podcast, the, the whole idea behind our podcast was to document the resistance, the growing resistance that's happening from seeing yep. friends and family injured by these things that were supposed to save us, right? And the nation is turning and you see it worldwide, but the suppression is, is increasing. So we're trying to document that for people on the outside, looking in who can't really understand what Australia has been going through. And we're looking at it from all angles, but we're also trying to like, keep it funny, you know? So like, if you listen to the podcast, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of jokes. Um, obviously like, well, we'll uh, that's just kind of, that's our take on things. But then we have the interviews. So the interviews is basically like, you can tell us anything, man. Tell us your story. We want to hear it. We yes. want to share it. And then we'll take a little snippet and we'll put it in our podcast in like a humorous way, but it's not meant to like um, lessen your story in any way. It's just to kind of like sell the interview a bit, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. I mean, everything can't just be doom and gloom. Yeah, exactly. Right. All right. Um, one more question on the admin side. We uh, we let the hosts pick their song. Uh, so, yeah. if, if you got a song, let us know and we'll 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 play it before before the before the interview. Oh well, if you if you would like me to pick a song, anything by Tool. Anything hey. by Tool. Yes. All right, man. All right. I, I, I think. I'll, all right. All right. I think so, I can work something out with that. Corel, is it Corel? Uh, Carl, it's German spelling. That's why it looks funny. Yeah. Diamond. All right. Uh, so, Carl, you get one eight track tape in a little Nissan dropped from a parachute. You were like an extra in a Fast and the Furious movie, but you didn't make the mission. You just fell out the back of the plane and you land on the yeah. island. And all you have is one song from Tool. And that song to last you on the island would be. Uh, sober. All right. Nice. All right, we'll come in with sober. So, uh, so <laughs> yeah, were, good. Were you born in Australia? Or were, you, were you born in Germany? 
So I was born in an African country called Namibia. Okay. Um, lived a couple of years then due to political reasons, um, we ended up jumping ship, moved to South Africa. Wow. Spent about 14 years in South Africa and then made a trip to Australia. Been in Australia for four years now and it's coming up to it's uh, I want to leave again uh yeah wow yep so um yeah yeah if you guys would like me just to jump in from there on now sure. <clears throat> can i, can I, I ask Australia, um carl like you said you want to yes, leave course. again where would you go if you leave yes. a third world country mm, any particular so, choice so the, um Bali, Vietnam, or Mexico. Wow. We would recommend Chad, Nigeria, yep. or Cameroon because they have very low vaccination rates and they have no COVID. And it's life is a breeze. Okay. Have you been to Nigeria? No, we just did a data analysis recently. Yep, and we yep. discovered that little hiccup in the system, you know, that when you can compare yep, yep. this to that, they don't like that. <laughs> they don't like that at all. Of course. Oh, well, I didn't. I didn't even think think of that. Um, the the reason why Bali and um, Mexico is behind the list is because I've got two friends from Australia that are currently living living there, and they have, from what I've seen, and I'm I'm in fairly uh, constant contact with them. There's nothing there. There's no lockdowns. There's no COVID. There's no mandates. Nothing. They're living their life. Um, the way we should be living our lives. Well, you're essentially a prisoner. I mean, you're, you're in Perth right now. I'm in Perth, is, yes. That is just, he's gone full Gestapo crazy over there, hasn't he? It's, it, um, is, it is becoming very much draconian. Mm. Um, you know, you see all these things on, on, on the internet and, you know, the funny memes and the videos where people make fun of their current situation. And, and it's just so true what you see, you know, how people... Uh, compare it to a draconian regime but you know they joke about it and you sit there and you laugh and like oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that's pretty much how it is in this so that is literally how it is so i flew in i do five do five huh? i was just go with my job but i'll get to that so went to work last week wednesday um thursday my partner and i wanted to go out you know do what we want to do um and got the night entry through four venues in in one day. So you've one got day. the you've got the full segregation double vax venues over there, not letting you in without the green tick. And yep. Yep. Pe people are people are actually going along with this. People are, are are happily to enforce this kind of madness. <sighs> people are, I think, complying because they've got no choice anymore. Right. Um, I, I I make this reference in understanding where people are coming from. So let's, like, let's take, for instance, um, doctors, doctors that won't treat COVID patients, sorry, um, vaccination injury patients. Um, and I fully understand why. I've been turned away from some GPs because they wouldn't want to touch me after I had my injury. And as angry as I get, I can understand where they're coming from because these people spent eight years at university getting their medical degrees a GP, which... Eight years at university is, what, $200,000 in uni debts? 
um, they've gone into a profession where they're very much specialized in one avenue. This doctor can only be a doctor. They don't know anything else. They've got a lifestyle where they earn 200,000 plus dollars a year. They've got an expensive mortgage. They would have a holiday home. They would have a couple of cars, finance, whatever. So they've got a very, very expensive lifestyle that they need to uphold, which can only be contributed by having a job as a doctor. So if they go and the state says, listen, we don't like what you're doing. And this is also where it comes into play as well, how people are losing their licenses. If you, if you get fired as a doctor, for another practice if they take your medical license away your your life because you can get it back now if they lose their license as a doctor what are they going to do go work at mcdonald's go work in the drive-through where it pays minimum wage of what's minimum wage in australia 20 bucks an hour so i can understand why they're turning people away they cannot afford that they spend their whole entire life studying for this profession to become a career-driven person to give back. And they really have no option because they can't survive anymore. They will, for all intents and purposes, become this. They will lose their house, they will lose their car, lose their income. How are they going to support themselves if they can't be a doctor anymore? So as much as I get angry at these people, I can sympathize with them because I understand. Hmm. That's um yeah, that I mean that's, that's it's, an it's amazing a... way to look at it considering what you've gone through. Yeah. Like I said, I'm, like I'm a, angry. It's a tough I, sell, I think. I think like what you're saying, Carl, is it's very interesting. Like um I I agree with you. I agree. The licensing and overregulation is such a tool of kind of this oppression, and it's part of the censorship mm -hmm. and it's part of the control. Yep. And they use licensing as like their little kind of stomp you down. If you do anything, they stomp you down. I have a lot of friends in a licensed profession, lawyers. Um, so I know what you're saying. But at the same time, at the same time, they know what's happening, right? I mean, we're not crazy, are we? They have to know. They well, have to see the data, right? Sometimes I feel crazy. Honestly, they say that. I'm either I'm living out a very badly scripted version of the matrix or I'm, I'm crazy inside mental capacity that I'm, I'm losing it because that's the way it's making me feel. It feels like the government is gaslighting me. Like, no, no, there's nothing wrong with you. No, no, you don't have any medical issues. No, no, you should take this. You should take this. It literally feels like I mean, there's a horrible partner that's gaslighting every situation that you're going through. And they've got us right here, right here. Yeah. Okay. So let's um, let's start from the start. Let's let's start at the start of your journey when when all this started, you know, going down for you. Um, I'll give you a quick background. So I studied movement science and exercise physiology at um, university. So I have a very minute understanding um, of some of the stuff that goes on in our bodies. I mean, I'm not a specialist. I didn't specialize in anything. So um, through my degree, I did a bit of immunology, uh, endocrinology, um, human biology, biomechanics, physiology. So that's all part of what I studied. So in the grand scheme of things, I know a little bit. When all of this started coming out, I knew that there was something wrong. Stood 
what COVID was, but I knew it was massively overinflated. I just could not understand what was going on. It's like, why are we going into lockdown? Why are we going into lockdown? And then um, Dom, um, Robert, the creator of the mRNA vaccine, he uses this uh, reference is, if something doesn't make sense, follow me. And that's when I started piecing things together. And this is another analogy that I use to people where they say, trust the science. And I said to them, okay, hold on. Let's, let's use uh, uh, your phrase, trust the science. In the first 18 months, COVID had killed four and a half million people to the World Health Organization. Um, and all the uh, stats that the CDC collected, four and a half million, four and a half million people. Now, if you go and type in how many people are killed annually by skin cancer, it's five and a half million people annually around the world. That's in 12 months. So in 12 months, skin cancer already kills more people than what COVID did in 18 months. Now, is the government mandating you can't go outside when the sun's out? No. <laughs> is the government mandating you wear a full hazmat condom suit for you to go outside your house and masks? to go outside when the sun's out? No. Are they mandating you take an experimental drug to try and fight the effects of skin cancer? No. Why are they not doing that? My take on this is because us as a collective, the human society, even though we're extremely stupid, we're not that dumb. They can't sell us a cancer vaccine because we know it doesn't work that way. But what can they sell us? a vaccine to something that is completely unheard of and that can be fueled by a platform that is globalized. And it just took off from there. 2019, I was on holiday um, in New Zealand. So I had to cut Carl, my trip short. Um, Carl, yes. would you mind, would you mind if, I, if, I, if I interject for a second? By all means. So, um, so I heard you saying like, um, okay, we're defending the doctors. We're saying, okay, they have this, the licensing, but then we say, well, there's a lot of data out there that's showing that there's a lot of adverse events and a lot of bad stuff is happening. The doctors obviously have to know, right? Then we question, yeah, what's happening? Now you're, you're kind of branching off into a subtopic that you're saying that there's something else in those vaccines that might be causing that lack of awareness, that sort of non-focus on anything COVID, maybe like uh, added, sort, of, sort of like influence or something like that. I don't think the doctors know, hmm. to be honest. I have been through a enormous amount of doctors and specialists in the last three months. And whenever I have a chat with them, they say, oh, yes, we see this. We see the negative effects and the adverse effects the vaccine, um, the vaccines are having on people, but they don't know what the data is because of an unknown reason. I don't know. I don't know if they've got their head in the sand. Do they just not want to know? Do they not want to disclose this, disclose the information due to fear? I don't. I don't know. But all the doctors I've spoken to, the specialists, the GPs, the doctors in the hospital, the nurses the cardiologist, they all are very much aware what is happening, but they don't know why, or they just do not want to admit why. 
Um, <laughs> when I was in the hospital, I, I, I spoke to the doctors and they're like, oh, yeah, no, like we've, we've seen young men your age coming through with pericarditis from, from, from the vaccines. And I said to them, then, what the hell's going on? Like, why is this happening? Oh, no, you must be, it's, it's, it's very rare. I'm like, how is it rare if you've said that you've treated 20 men like me today? Hmm. By the no. way, that's, that's taken from a doctor in Royal Perth Hospital who said to me, they've treated 20 people with the same condition as me in one day. In one day. In one day. They're still not acknowledging where it's come from or how, how it's happening. Or they, or they can't. That's the thing. They I think they're just... A, they can't. I think it's... I'll, we'll skip a little bit forward just to, you know, when we're trying to um, navigate this. When I went to go get my medical exemption, um, I went to the actual doctor who put this needle into my arm and he refused to give me a medical exemption. He said to me, no, you know, you've had the Pfizer, you're fine, you can go get the AstraZeneca. I said to him, I don't want that. I want the medical exemption. Like I nearly died in hospital, refused to give me one. Um, and at that time, it was just a six-week medical exemption. I went to go see another GP and I was very lucky enough that this GP was a little bit more open minded and knew a little bit more and I actually had to give her the paperwork from a, the Atagi website because she wanted to give me a six-week exemption and I said to her no sorry here here's the documentation it's on my phone you can look it up it's actually a six-month medical exemption here so the doctors didn't even know that the legislation for exemptions changed from six weeks to six months so they don't even know that yeah, a lot of changing regulations and changing laws. This thing keeps shifting. Uh, we've seen changes here. Uh, there was a little bit of a battle. I don't know if you followed that over in uh, West Australia, but here in South Australia, there was a bit of a tug of war between the Department of Education and the Department of Health because one was saying that masks were required and the other was saying that masks were recommended. Who was going to win? What's this little power about? And eventually, I think Spurrier got it. So now it's required. High school students are required to wear masks while indoors at school. And they're recommending it for primary schools. But some uh, principles of, you know, they're going to enforce that thing, man. So what's, what's the difference? Uh, would you be able to clarify what, what's the difference between a mandate and a law? Because we've got mandates now. What, what, what's the difference? I think this one's for you, Vaxman, having the, the lawyer background. Once I thought I understood, but now I have no idea, Carl. I like the world is a clown world. <laughs> it's a freaking clown world. Yes. Man, so yes. yeah, tell us, man, please. <laughs> I, it, it goes above my head. Um, I was lucky enough. I did a year and a half of contractual law when I first started my degree. I got out of it because my mind doesn't work that way. But yeah, from what I, my understanding is the mandate is the same as a recommendation or it is something they try to pass, but it's not a law yet. So you still, as a free citizen, have some leeway of saying, listen, I understand that this is you, something you want to mandate, but it's not a law. So you can't force it on me. Yep. That's the way I interpret it. That's the way I understand it. Now, there might be some information lost in translation because my vernacular is not English. It's not my first language. Maybe I misunderstand this, but I think I've got it. 
Mm. Uh, so I always think, you know, a mandate is only as strong as the amount of people willing to follow it. Yeah. Right. So if you get a majority saying, you know what, we're going to do this and got a, you know, single minority going, well, we're not going to do it. You know, which one's going to come out on top. And yeah. it's, it's definitely not the one with the less numbers. But like that, that sort of, um, what strikes me as odd, this is the thing that really kind of rattles my bones. The thing I cannot comprehend is that these injuries are being reported. The immune suppression is being reported. The increasing deaths and caseloads, the more the vaccination is incurred or like put into the veins of their citizens, the more cases yeah. and deaths they have. That is out there, all that data. They then say, we need everyone to boost and all of a sudden, everyone just lines up again and goes to the clinic. So what is happening there? Like, why can't you see that this, this giant elephant that is living in your living room, who you have to like literally just sit with his ass crack in your face because it's so huge, and you don't talk about it? You don't say, oh, it could have been the vaccine, maybe? What's happening there? Why so can't they see that? I, I don't know, but I have encountered this many, many times where um, I'm unfortunately not very vocal about it on my social media because I'm getting shadow banned heavily. Um, and I'm trying to run my own business off my social media as well. So that's my reach. So I'm not very outspoken, but I do get a lot of people messaging me. And it's now, this is what it was the last time I checked. So public information was that in Australia so far, there has been 18 or 1900 people that's died with slash of coronavirus because they've still not determined whether or not people are dying with coronavirus or dying because of coronavirus. But at this point, it's about 18 or 1900 people. Now, the same information is also available on the TGA or the Otagi website. 737 people in Australia have, have currently died from the vaccine. So only 11 have been officially signed officially, up by, yeah, by yeah. the TGA. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know so, it's, it's disgusting. It's nearly half. It's nearly half. What is going on? It, it, honestly, it blows my mind. And when I talk to people, now I, have, I have a lot of friends that are pro all of this. Yeah. And when I speak to them and I say to them, listen, this is what's going on. They all look at me like I'm crazy. Honestly, my friends look at me and I say to them, listen, this is not rare. And the, the look on their face is first of disbelief because they can't believe that the government lied to them. And then they look at me like I'm crazy. And they're like, where do you get this information from? I'm like, it is literally public information. If you took 30 seconds to look it up, you can see that it's public information, but you're believing everything the politicians are feeding you, but you won't do your own research. And this also, it, another thing that blows my mind is we have known for hundreds of years, ever since we have had a democratic political system, that the politicians are not in our favour and they will and they do lie to us. Why now, all of a sudden, do people believe what the politicians are saying? Why now, all of a sudden, do they believe that the politicians have our uh, health in, in mind and they want what's best for us? They never have. They never have throughout history. They have never had us as their top priority. Why now all of a sudden? I honestly don't understand that. We know that the government and the politicians lie to us. 
but why now? Why do, why, why is everyone believing them now? Well, well, honestly, Carl, I don't understand that. I mean, Carl, they tell us it's about our health. We know it's about our health, right? They That's why they slam us to the ground and they crack our head open and they take a, a lady in New South Wales in Bankstown. Mm. I've been to Bankstown. It's a nice area. You can get yeah. some really good falafel rolls there. This lady's walking without a mask and these three ladies, cops, right? Cop ladies come up and they're like, put your mask on. And she's like, I am exempt and I do not consent. And they put your mask on, put your mask on. They start screaming at her because she doesn't have a mask. And eventually they hold her down because she won't undo her hands. They're like underneath her and she keeps screaming. I do not consent. I do not consent. I do not consent. And nobody would help her. And all of a sudden out of the woodwork, another 50 cops, like little, little wasps. And they just carried her away. Just, just the level of oppression that they bring to communities and nobody's doing anything. What's happening? We have lost all sense of what's the word I'm looking for? Community. People are so scared. And and I fully understand. I understand why people don't want to help. I understand why people are so scared because we live in such a small little bubble of our family that all we want to do is keep our family safe. You know, please just don't touch my house. Don't touch my car. Don't, you know, leave my microwave and my TV alone. Let me just live. People are so fearful of the government and the police because they don't want their reality destroyed, that we've lost all sense of community. People just don't want to help anymore. And you know what? It doesn't matter what it is, whether or not it's, it's you know, old ladies being slammed to the ground um, because they don't want to comply to some unlawful order from the police. It's, it's something as simple as stopping next to the side of the road if someone's broken down. People just don't do that anymore. I come from a completely different era. Um, even though I'm, I'm in my 30s now, I was brought up in an era of what my parents would have brought up, uh, got, gotten brought up. If I see someone, I stop. You know what I mean? I, I still hold the door open if there's a lady in front of me. I was brought up in a completely different era. And for me to move from South Africa to Australia was a massive culture shock to see how people conduct themselves in the grand scheme of things. Uh, when, 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 when I moved here, it, it just seemed like it's, it's all about me. It's all about me. And people would just not care about anyone else. And, and that's not what I came to believe the Australian way is, you know, let alone the way of the world. You know, we should all be looking out for each other, but people are just so scared. There should be a different word. Like we should invent a new word for the absolute fear that is instilled in us today that our freedom is going to be taken away if we just help someone else because people just don't want to help anymore. You mentioned that you you um, had the Pfizer and that you were asking for yes. an exemption from the AstraZeneca. Um, yes. Can you can you talk us through that first Pfizer injection, how it occurred, and why why you undertook it? Yep. Okay. So um, as I mentioned before, um, I'm a FIFO worker. I I would prefer not disclosing who the company is that I work for. Yeah, it's fine. Um, I do FIFO. I have been doing my current job for the last twelve months. I went to university for this job as well. I studied. Um, I do a roster of two and one. And like I said, I knew something was up with these vaccines, knowing that Pfizer cut their three-year 
for a vaccination study short through two months. So originally I was very, very certain that the FIFO sector would not mandate this. And I thought I would be able to get away with it. However, I was wrong and I got bombarded with um, text messages saying, um, where's your vaccination? Where's your vaccination uh, status? Where's your vaccination? If you don't get it, you can't come to work. Um, so basically got coerced into doing this. No jab, no job. Mm. So I went and I had my first Pfizer injection. It was uh, late October, maybe the 13th, 14th of October. I can't remember exactly. It's on my paperwork. Um, had it done. Now, I want to stipulate this, you know, on the podcast. I cannot remember if I signed a form prior to going to get my, uh, my vaccination. I can't remember. I might have, but I also might not have signed a consent form. Um, got in, the doctor didn't disclose any information to me. He didn't say, this is what potentially could go wrong. He asked me, are you right-handed? Are you left-handed? I said, I'm right-handed. Um, needle went into the left shoulder, left. They told me to wait for 15 minutes and then I can go home. Um, now in my day-to-day -day life, because I'm a health coordinator, I track everything. I write everything down on my phone, in my diary. I know how I eat. I know how I sleep. I know exactly what my macronutrients is for the day. I track my sleep. I track my step count because if something in my diet is off and I feel at 90% capacity, I can go back to the previous day to say, all right, listen, I ate chocolate here. So I know now why I feel crappy today. Um, and I pretty much instantly started feeling off after I had my Pfizer injection, started feeling lethargic. Um, didn't want to get out of bed. I had to have naps in the afternoon because I just could not stay awake. Now, as you would have seen from my Instagram, I'm fit, I'm healthy. I train in the gym. I work 14-hour days when I'm at work. It's a 6 a.m. start. It's an 8 p.m. finish. And I absolutely love my job. I absolutely love my job. But it just, it put me into the ground like I was so tired. I, and I knew what was going on because that was the only variable that's changed in my life was having that needle stuck in my arm. Um, I ended up returning to work and at work I had a few spells where I felt dizzy and on uh, my last week at work on the Sunday I felt very very off and I started taking my vitals I've got a blood pressure cuff in my office at work and I took my vitals and over two hours I took three or four readings and I displayed isolated hypotension so the diastolic and the systolic so the first the lub or the dub was low. So where it generally would be say 65 over 125, it was 38 over 125. Um, and I knew the reason why that was is because there was something constricting my heart. So basically just to explain to you what that means, my heart could not expand far enough to build enough pressure to push the blood through. That's why the 65 dropped down to 38. Um, I went to go see our ESOs um, in the mine site. They got me out to site, which is a painful process because I have to redress myself from my work uniform, which is just a work shirt, some shorts and my, my trainers, to full PPE. So you can imagine if someone was seriously injured, they have to now redress themselves to go see an ESO. Anyway, that's besides the point. I was driven out to site. Um, they hooked me up to an ECG. 
and sent the photos off. Unfortunately, we do not have a doctor or a cardiologist on site. It's just ESOs, trained emergency officers or nurses, and they are not fully qualified to read a ectocardiogram, which is an ECG. So they took the photo and sent it off to a Perth-based doctor. He came back and said, you're fine. And I, he was on speakerphone and I said to him, excuse me, mate, listen, I'm not fine. I'm very much far from fine. And he just said, no, it's fine, just send them home. So I got on the next plane home. So I came home a day early, um, had the doctors do it once over and they just did the normal, uh, um, check my vitals, blood pressure. And they said, listen, your blood pressure seems to be fine. You can go home. So I went home, went about my day, and this was uh, Monday, and I was meant to fly out to work on Wednesday, and I started getting sick, um, and I started off with just being vomiting, and my initial thought was, listen, I, I ate a lot of food. I thought, listen, maybe I undercooked my chicken. Maybe it's a little bit of food poisoning, um, and then, sorry to get a little bit graphic, the, the vomiting and nausea turned into diarrhea. And I just felt, I felt off, you know, and I'm feeling sick. And so my partner decided that she was quickly going to pop over to the chemist, get some electrolytes, get some anti-nausea. Um, and I started becoming really cold. So she went and bought heat packs. Now I've got a really sick sense of humor. Uh, so while she was out, um, we've got some of these tea light candles and I had bought her flowers a few days prior and there was a roses in there. So what I did was I took the tea light candles stacked them all on the ground around my body, made a little silhouette, lay down, pulled a white sheet over myself, and I had <laughs> Amazing Grace playing on the stereo, Amazing Grace, the bagpipe one with, that they do on funerals, and I had laid there with the rose of my chest, and she walked in, and, and she, didn't, she didn't think that was funny. Um, uh, I, <laughs> I'm with her on that one. That's so uh... she... <laughs> Did you put that on TikTok? <laughs> I, oh, I actually... Would I recorded it? It was honestly, it was funny. Um, and pretending, you know, that I had died. She she slapped me a few times. She wasn't happy. Um, little did we know that I would end up in hospital, uh, nearly actually dying. So wow. that night progressed into me starting to get extreme chills. Now this was in November in Australia, as your listeners should probably know. Australia is exceptionally warm. Um, she my partner had three heat packs on me my chest on my groin and my legs and she had wrapped me up in in, in blankets like a burrito and was i was laying there it looked like i was a 80 year old person with with um um parkinson's disease i was vibrating i was that cold i was freezing and that lasted for an hour and then it flipped the opposite way around and i started overheating to the point where we swapped the heat packs for ice packs. So I then laid there under the air conditioning, uh, ice pack on my head, ice pack on my chest, ice pack between my legs. And my smartwatch, I've got an Apple watch, um, started going off. I was laying down and I had a resting heart rate of 135, which is very, very high, which my resting heart rate used to be 48. Um, not sure how you guys perceive this but you know generally as men we think that we're very tough and we're invincible and my partner tried taking me to the hospital and I said to her no I don't want to go to the hospital she'll be right 
Um, and that night I experienced my very first onset of pericarditis. Now, I'm not sure if you gentlemen played Mortal Kombat when you were younger, but there is one scene of Frost where his final move punches you straight into the chest, grabs your heart, rips it out. That is literally, you know, the scene from Avengers um, Age of Ultron where Wanda rips Ultron's um, main processor out of his heart. That's exactly how it felt. It felt like someone had reached into my chest, started squeezing it as hard as they possibly could mm. and try to rip it out. I was sitting there sweating. I honestly thought I was going to die. I had told my partner, here's my bank details. Here's my savings. Here's my portfolio um, online. Like here's my login. Here's my passwords. If I die, you will be taken care of. Like, that's, that's where all my money is. So in your, in your head... Probably- in your head, Carl, you're thinking fatality. Pretty much, pretty much. Um, you know, I say pretty much. Yes, that's 100% what I was thinking. I thought I was going to die. Wow. Um, that's what it felt like. Um, I kept on having panic attack after panic attack as well because it is. it literally feels like you're, simply, you're sitting there waiting for your impending doom. Um, I had about four or five of those onsets during the night. Didn't sleep at all. And by the morning, it had kind of subsided. Um, I tried booking in with my GP. They couldn't fit me in, but I got onto a video uh, a phone call and explained to my GP what was going on, which he advised me to go to hospital straight away. So I got in the car, drove myself to Fiona Stanley Hospital, um, sat down in the triage, explained to them exactly what it was. And I said to them, I think this is pericarditis because I had seen prior to me getting the um, vaccination, that on the government website, there is a little bit that talks about Pfizer, that they know that pericarditis and myocarditis is a side effect from the Pfizer vaccination. So I said to them, listen, this is what's happened. I am pretty sure I've either got myocarditis or pericarditis, and they got me straight in. Um, They got me on a bed, hooked me up to an ECG, they took bloods, um, I had ultrasound and I had x-rays done on my lungs to see if there was any fluids in there. And the doctors, I saw probably about three doctors and about seven nurses. They basically came back and said, listen, you have um, pericarditis, from which is inflammation of the pericardium, which is the membrane that the heart sits in. And it was caused by the Pfizer vaccination. Now they tried to they tried to kind of sell it to me that it wasn't a vaccination but i quickly stopped them in their tracks and said listen i've got somewhat of a medical background i know what this is you're not going to tell me otherwise um that's so slimy man that is so slimy that they know they know and they're trying to sell it to you like oh no it's not the vaccine they seem case after case after case after case and their only excuse for not speaking up is i gotta i gotta keep my job i gotta keep my job come on that that lack of courage is killing people literally killing people literally yeah um i spoke to some of the nurses and they all said oh yeah no this is you're like the 20th guy that we've seen with this today um and they just said, no, you'll be fine for your second dose. Because I said to them, I'm getting them. And <laughs> I had true nurses, true nurses sit there and talk to me and said, um, no, you'll be fine with getting the second dose. And there was one nurse 
who was a male nurse. Now, God bless his little cotton socks. Um, he was not very fluid in English, but he tried telling me, because I'm a fairly large gentleman, um, that it was from excessive protein intake, which I know <laughs> is a complete fallacy that has been completely debunked. Uh, you know, it doesn't even cause uh, damage to your kidneys. There is no such thing. I just sat there and listened to him and talk about it. You know, I, I was so tired at the time. I just said, yes, 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 yes. Um, that night as well, I had a young doctor, I think his name was John, come up to me and he was kind of whispering into my ear. And he said to me, I'm scared because I still need to get my second dose and I'm scared I'm going to end up like you. Oh, man. I'm in hospital. I'm in hospital and I've got a doctor in my ear saying, I'm scared I'm going to end up like you. So, so you've got, you got doctors saying, hey, guess what? This is from the vaccine. Mm -hmm. We can't actually say that it's from the vaccine. Well, I'm very lucky that I got them to put it down on my discharge papers that it is from the vaccine. Good, good, good. Um, because I've had... I have had hundreds of people message me um, on, on Instagram after I posted my story saying the doctors just wait that minute. And I said to them, I, I understand that, but you need to be firm because I knew what they were doing because they tried doing the same thing to me. They tried selling to me that it wasn't the vaccine, that it's in my head, that it's anxiety. I'm like, um, as far as I know, anxiety doesn't cause inflammation of the pericardium. Now that is just absolute bollocks. Don't, don't, don't try and sell me nonsense. Yeah. See, I've always said, you know, people have a pretty good uh, bullshit ra radar. And, <laughs> you know, you can sniff it out a mile away. And, yeah. you know, this, mate, you could only have half a nostril working and you could smell the bullshit. Oh, absolutely. And, and yeah, like you said, people like that, they just... Now, coming back to... I want to circle a little bit back to Dr. Malone. Um, when he had his um, interview with Joe Rogan, not sure if either one of you watched it, but apparently, oh, yeah. and I'm putting this now in brackets, apparently hospitals are getting paid to say that it is COVID related and it's not vaccine related and they get a fee. But, you know, well, I don't know anything of that. That's just something that I heard. So I'm just repeating what Dr. Malone said. Um, anyway, so that night I got discharged, um, got sent home. Um, so that was the Tuesday. I ended up finding my work and said to them, listen, I'm sick. I can't go in. Um, and they said to me, listen, it's fine. Take your time, get better. Wednesday came around. I felt fine ish. Um, still had angina, um, which is chest pains, uh, severe shortness of breath. Um, but basically just spent the whole day on the couch, came Thursday, pretty much the same. And Thursday night, I started getting the same symptoms again, where vomiting, diarrhea, um, and my partner was very adamant that she wanted to take me back to the hospital and like a absolute idiot, I declined again. Mm. Um, and she got angry with me, nearly got to the point where she almost got physical with me. And then I said to her, okay, listen, if I feel cold, we can go. And literally as soon as I said that, within 10 minutes, I started getting the shivers again like I did the very first time. I said to her, listen, it's fine. I'm grabbing my jumper. Um, as you can hear when I'm talking to you, I'm short of breath, just talking. Um, grab my jumper. We got in the car, 
drove me out back to um, Royal Perth Hospital and I still had my hospital, my hospital band around my wrist and um, basically just said to them the same thing. I said, listen, I'm on your system. I've got pericarditis. The same thing is happening again. Um, they got me on the bed. They got me in. And at that point, I started exhibiting the signs of this extreme, extreme cold. Um, they got me down on the bed, hooked me up, and they had blankets on me. And at one point, um, the pericarditis set in with a pain in the angina. It was so severe. Like I said, it feels like someone is squeezing my heart. Oh. Um, and there was a there was a nurse next to me, and I started I started feeling the pain, the severe pain again, and I started blacking out. And I started tasting a little bit of metal in my mouth, and the left side of my arm, I felt I felt it was sore. I felt that there was like a pain running through my arm. And I know from my studies that those are telltale signs of a heart attack, an impending heart attack. And I looked over to the nurse while I was blacking out and I said to her, listen, um, I think I'm dying. I think I'm having a heart attack right now. My partner's outside. Um, can you please tell her that I'm sorry and I love you? Um, oh, sorry. Um, and and this, this is difficult to talk about because I've got to relive this again. And it is literally laying there knowing I'm, I'm, I'm gone. I'm, I'm dead. This is it. I'm having a heart attack. I, I'm not coming back from this. Saying those words to the nurse that to tell my partner that I'm sorry and I love you was by far the hardest thing I ever had to do in my life. Um, it is the worst thing that I've ever been through. And, and I've been through some horrible things in Africa. Um, I, was a, I was abducted when I was four years old. I've been stabbed twice. I've been shot. And uh, I've been through some hectic stuff in, in Africa, but that was by far the hardest thing I've ever had to do. And, and I passed out. Um, and it's, it's like going to sleep. You know how they say, you know, if, when, when you pass over and you move over to the next life, it's like going to sleep. And, and I went to sleep. Um, I was very, very lucky that I woke up from that. Um, when I woke up, my partner was by my bed and I just, I, I just lost it. I started crying and I started, started crying my eyes out. And I said to her, I thought I was never going to see you again. Um, I, I then, um, you know, gained my composure. My partner was with me and the doctors were rushing around. And, and, and I actually asked the nurse if I could have my ECG because I asked her, I said, listen, did I just have a heart attack? And she said, no. <laughs> um, and I said to her, can I, can I please have my ECG? Because I would like to read it. I can interpret a little bit of an ECG. And they declined. They didn't want to give me my own medical information. So if that's not a telltale sign of someone's trying to cover up, then I honestly don't know what is. Mm. Wow. Um, so that night basically just went the same. Um, they kept me on, on, on monitors and I stayed the night. Um, they put me on fluids and got discharged the following day with exactly the same conclusion that it is Pfizer-induced pericarditis. But they have no um, liability. Like their contract says that they're not liable for anything. So how do you sue them? Yes. How do you get money for so your injuries? Is, so this is where it becomes a difficult fax man um i was then unfit for work for about three and a half months now my employer verbally communicated with me that my role has been covered till the 12th of january 
and I need to get better and I'll be taken care of financially, it's fine. And December came around and I didn't get paid. Hmm. So I had to follow up and all of a sudden um, they're back flipping and say, listen, we're not, we're not liable for this. We're not, we're not paying you. So this is over the Christmas holiday. So this is literally over Christmas. Um, Now, if they have told me that I wasn't getting paid, I would have taken arrangements, you know, not spend money on Christmas, you know, not spend money on food, on, on gifts for the family. Um, I would have, you know, put money aside but no one told me not a single person reached out to me well here's, here's the thing not a single person reached out to me from my work not a single one i had my manager who works in in perth only reach out to me because he was leaving the company not a single person from hr not a single person from work um the workplace injury not a single person from payroll not my camp manager no one reached out to me no one I had to phone them and ask them, listen, why am I not being paid? What about, what about colleagues? Surely they know you're not at work. Surely they're, they're reaching out to you over this time thinking, you know, hey, man, how you doing? You okay? Nope. Not one. Yeah, see, I'd like to say that I'm surprised to hear that, but I'm not. So, um, that as well. When I made my post... My best friend of the last two years made a really snotty comment saying it is your responsibility. You know what you put in your body. <laughs> and that's the last I heard of him. I've not, I've not, I've not spoken to him. He's not spoken to me. He's not reached. He never asked me if I was all right. No one, no one checked up on me. None of my friends, none of my friends in my close knit group None of them. When I posted that, I had, I want to say, I've got a very tiny following on Instagram, but I reckon I had about 500 people from across the world reach out to me, but not one of my, of my friends reached out. Hmm. I had people reach out to me that I knew, acquaintances, you know, people that I see here and there, one or two people from the gym, whatnot. But my friends that I would spend most of my time with, not one of them reached out to me. And that translated, unfortunately, into my partner's um, life as well. Now, my partner has quite a big following on Instagram, um, but she also runs her business off of Instagram. So that's her main lead generator. So it's very difficult for us to navigate that, uh, especially with all the shadow bands going on. And she, she had posted, she had reshared my story and when she did so, she had an overwhelming amount of people sending their love and regards and you know, saying, listen, we hope we get, you get better. But within two minutes of her sharing that, her best friend had contacted her. Now, her best friend is in the medical field. She's an anaesthetist telling my partner to take her post down because it is misinformation and we have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> so, I, so I just come out of hospital um may or may not have had a heart attack i don't know that because they don't want to give me my information nearly died but i'm spreading misinformation incredible like obviously the, is. the government is mandating this mcgowan is insane i mean mcgowan's measures yeah. we saw a video recently of a shopkeeper who just didn't wear a mask while he's running his business 
and the police came and they arrested him because he refused yeah. to wear a mask. Did I have jurisdiction though? Does that not become trespassing? Yeah, I think that was the thing. But when you have six guys with guns and batons and masks, me. you know. Shoot me. Mm. But the thing is, like, I've got... yeah, there's a lot of like in the resistance talks, there's a lot of like, don't resist the police because that gives them the, the opportunity to allow Channel 9 to film when the person kind of latches out. And that's what they show to everyone. These terrorists, these anti-vaxxers. So they say, you know, just chill out, yeah. try not to like be aggressive. And but it's a, it's up. It's like, oh, man, it's a terrible situation. Severe claustrophobia. So I would rather them shoot me than put me in jail mm. or the paddy wagon. I would completely lose my mind. I'd rather shoot me. I would run away. I wouldn't cause the scene away. They can shoot me then. That's fine. I've been shot before. It's fine. It doesn't hurt that much. <laughs> I'm not, not trying that, but I'll, I'll take your word for that. Um, I'll come back a little bit to my story as well because that's not the worst bit. Uh, so, would you guys ended up getting my nation exemption? We just didn't even know it was uh, six months. They thought it was still six weeks. So, I had to educate the doctors on what actually is going um, So, after two and a half months of not getting paid um, and being in severe financial. Uh, went back to work for a week flew back to work and last week Friday I got stood down without pay um, because the company I work for which is a very 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 large company does not want to accept my vaccination exemption so they want you to do it again keeps getting, keeps getting better and better for you doesn't yeah. it well, I spoke to my HR, how you can access your superannuation fund. I'm like, okay, so I need to access my superannuation fund to cover for something that you made me do. Um, so it's fine. I can have the money now. I'm older. So I don't understand this. And then one of them also mentioned and said, well, there's a government uh, uh, initiative now where you can claim money from the government. I said, yeah thousand dollars up to twenty thousand dollars and only the maximum amount that you can get is twenty thousand dollars and that's only if you die oh. i said twenty thousand dollars is not oh. even going to cover my two and a half twenty thousand dollars is not going to cover my two and a half months without pay that's not enough and i'm not dead and here's the chair and the cake for that whole initiative as well when you accept that money from a government you have to sign a stat deck where if anything happens again you can you cannot sue them now, not sure how much you guys know, but I think it was 2013 or 2015 where Pfizer had the biggest liability payout the world's ever seen, where they falsified information and paid off doctors, where they had to pay out $3.2 billion in damages of liability. So I'm not taking $5,000. I'm waiting for a big one. I like it. Yeah. You're entitled to, man, because this is... This is, uh, you know, this is, this has fucked your heart. It's fucked your way of life. Yeah. All for what? What? It, it literally, it has, uh, it has completely, completely encompassed and ruined my life. I don't have a lifelong heart condition, which pericarditis has a 20% um, mortality rate in the first five. 
my health completely gone. You guys can hear, I can, I, I'm struggling breathing. My resting heart rate, hold on. Let's, let's just, for interest rate, interest sake, see what my resting heart rate. My resting heart rate, having a conversation with you guys right now, sitting down, not doing anything, is 85 beats a second. Sorry, 85 beats a minute. That's resting heart rate. Yeah, I mean, look, for the, for, for the you know, guys out there that are listening, you if you've got you got muscles on muscles, right? <laughs> Look, I think the best way to put it, and you know, you obviously take very good care of yourself, and you have done for a long time. You've said before, you with what you put in your body, you 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 log everything, and then this. Yeah, it, it it it's just such a thing, Sam, where it you don't expect it. I didn't expect it, and and it's such, you know, it's one of those things where you watch a movie and like, man, that must that must fucking suck, and I'm like, that's me right now. I've lost my health, I've lost my income, and now I've lost my job university for, and I can't. You've lost friends as well. I've lost. You know the emotional the emotional tax on this completely overlooked. Oh, hundred percent. So my family has now moved away as well. I've lost my family too. My family's moved down into the bush here in, in WA. My partner's originally from Zika family. She's completely unvaxxed. So we, we can't even, it's, it is, and it is, so for, for the biggest part, uh, it is a physical draining process, yeah. which so yesterday where, um, my partner went down to the beach. We just laid on the beach. And as we was walking back, um, back to her house, um, I got extremely lightheaded, broke out in extreme sweats. And I had to sit down just to gather my composure. My heart rate was 114. 114. And I just spent the last 15 minutes relaxing on the beach. It's a massively physically taxing process, but the emotional is it's just so much the emotional thing about this as well is it's not just for me it's my partner because she has to watch me go through this has to sit me suffer watching me physically suffer emotionally suffer and she doesn't know i mean i don't know what's going to happen i don't know if this is going to be the end of me i don't know if this is going to kill me i don't know if i'm going to get one what i don't know what's and she has to watch all of this now she's got to watch me suffer and got to suffer with me and I hate that, Sam. You know what? You know what makes me the most angry out of all of this is because, you know what? I'm a very strong man. Uh, I've gone through a lot of things in Africa, like I explained to you. But, but it is so unfair that the people around me have to suffer as well. And that makes me angry because I can't do anything about it. Carl, well, I think did, did you... Um... Speaking out and, and, and starting is, is doing something. I mean, that that's the first step is that put a story out there and say, look, this is what's happening. Yeah. This is what ha- is ha- happening. And no one's talking about it. No. And if we do talk about it, we're ostracized. Yeah. Use your yes. voice. Use your voice. And I was, I was also wondering, like, as long as we're giving voice to the voiceless, um, what role did your partner have in this? Before you injected yourself, before you went to that clinic with that doctor, uh, that fateful day, did you and her have any conversations about that decision? 
Yes, we've we've had a few. So um, she, my partner wanted um, to go get the vaccination and she had actually booked it, but she booked it when I wasn't at home. Like we, and she had messaged me that morning and said, I don't feel comfortable. Now, just to give you a background, um, my partner studied um, physiotherapy, masters in physio. So she's also got a medical background. More so than and when I did a master's, so she is an exceptionally intelligent. And she messaged me, actually, did she message or phone me? I can't remember either, either one. And I said to her, listen, and she was, yes, she called me because she was crying. And she said, I don't want to go get it. I don't feel, it doesn't feel right. She said, it doesn't feel right in my gut. It doesn't feel right in my head. I don't want to do this. And I said, well, it's fine. Just, just don't, don't get it, just wait. Now, the reason why she wanted to go do that is because she wants to go home and see family. Um, she had not seen her family for quite some time because she spent some time in Canada. Um, she works, she, she's done a few trips around doing seminars for her business. And she had actually had COVID in Canada. She had COVID-19. Um, she had mild flu symptoms for three days and that was it. Now, she has suffered further on because she lost her sense of smell partially, but that seems to be coming back. Now, she had COVID and she was perfectly fine. So um, we had the conversation. She didn't want to get it. And I said, listen, don't don't get it. It's fine. We, you, know, you can FaceTime your family. It's fine. Um, and then time progressed, time progressed. And said to her, I'm not getting the vaccination. I'm sure that all the mining people are going to be like, nah, screw you. We're not getting this. Um, but unfortunately they gave in and had the conversation. I said to her, listen, I have to go. Like I've, I've got no, I've got no choice. We, I have to do this. If I don't do this, I don't have an income. So at that point, I have not, I, I didn't have my business, um, my online coaching business. So I had no other means of income. So I had to go. Um, I mean, working in the FIFO sector, it's very well paid. Um, so if, if I don't have an income, the house is going to, be taken away the nice car is going to be taken away and um, i'm very very fortunate that i am able to afford a very nice house on the south perth river front um and if i don't have an income they're coming for it and i don't want that to be taken away i've been working extremely extremely hard for this i mean i've been working since i was 11 years old i'm 32 now it's it's 20 years in the making of you know having this lifelong dream of you know living in a nice place and having a good job so and again i got coerced into doing this because no jab no job do you when i got the jab do you have an income now carl i have a very very small income that i have now from a few clients have so i ended up so you know me not working was the kick up the bum that i needed to start my online coaching business um at university i did specialize in strength and conditioning, training, sports specific, and also nutrition. So that sets me apart from the majority of online coaches that what you would see. And I've always had people asking me for coaching. I've had friends, I've had family, random people messaging me saying, listen, do you do coaching? And I just always said, no, that's something I want to do. So my time off for work um, got me into starting my own business, which I have that now. I've got a couple of online clients, but I've only been doing it for two months. So in two months, I cannot generate the same amount of money than I did working FIFO. 
given a bit more time, I will be able to supersede that tenfold. Mm. And I know I can do that. But at the time, no, I do not have any income from my full-time employment, but I do have a very tiny income from my own business. So that that's the thing right there. That's the narrative, right? So have take the vaccine, go and get the vaccine. It's for your health, right? Mm-hmm. And then do this, get the vaccine to keep your job. And then you take the yeah. vaccine and you lose your health and you lose your job. What is happening? Yeah. Yeah. It's a complete clown world. So do we not listen? Do we just, is it like opposite day every day? I don't know. I'm so lost. I don't know. And I think, I, I don't even know what I think anymore. Gentlemen, I don't know. I am so lost and I'm so confused. Like you said, it feels opposite day. It, it just feels like this is a badly written movie we're living out. And I, I partly think it's because we've become a weak society. We're not, we're not strong anymore. Don't know if you guys are familiar with um, a person by the name of Jordan Peterson. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a very renowned, uh, what, uh, he's, he's a clinical psychologist. And I've read his books and in his talks, he talks about good times make weak men. And we've had too long a time, time and, and we've become weak. We've become weak-willed. We've been weak physically. We just live in a weak society. You look at, and I'm not going to names. This is my personal point of view. Uh, and you know what? I'm probably wrong. And I am wrong most of the time. But we got led by limp-wristed, weak-minded, soy boy men. Hmm. Uh, yeah, you know what? You, <laughs> limp-wristed is one of my favorite sayings. And I've said it a lot about this government especially here in south australia but i think you can yeah. i think you can attach that to the to the government at a federal level because oh, this, yes. this this runs deeper than you know the states doing their own thing yeah, yeah. Um, we have no no direction here from our leaders no. and, and and you are correct we've we've had it easy here and it has made us soft and it has made us not question things. It is. Um, yeah. It is. It is. It is to such trip there. No one's been held accountable for anything, and nothing. No, no one's been held accountable because you look at you know the individuals that govern what we do, especially here in 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 Western Australia. Mark McGowan. So, oh, okay, we're doing this. Okay, we're doing this lockdown. You're not allowed to come in here. Okay, literal discrimination segregation we're doing this we're doing this another lockdown another lockdown another lockdown i've through three of our lockdowns here in wa where we are forced to stay at work can't fly back home we don't get paid for it and then what happens is if we stay three days longer at work that's three days get on our rnr so over a five-week period you only have but it's so easy for them to say, oh we're, oh, we're all in this together. We're all in this together. Another lockdown. Um, sorry, gentlemen, what's, what's the policy on swearing? Oh, be as liberal as you like. So they're so quick to say we're all in this together. And all these fuckheads mm-hmm. sit in their ivory towers, not, not in a goddamn penny. 
Mark McGowan gets or any of the people in parliament, but none of them are losing incomes. None of them. No. This is not that we are all in this together. This is a, you're fucked, we're cool. <laughs> Pretty much. You know, um, healthcare. And mm-hmm. for the better part of months during this rollout, our company said, we're not going to enforce this. We're going to stick with government guidelines and say that it is completely um, off your own bat if you want to go and get it. Yeah. Okay. So, look, I, I knew, I knew, you know, being in healthcare that this was come for me. Yes. Right. I, I, I knew it. It was, it was inevitable. Um, and then, you know, eight, eight months in, the language changed, mm-hmm. right? And it says, they say, oh, you know what? We're consulting. We're consulting with a board right, of, of what we can do to enact a policy. A week later, a policy comes out and it's a, you know, it's a big document. It's written to scare and intimidate people into going off and, and getting this shot. Mm-hmm. Right? So I, I don't know what, what it was like with you. If it was just go get, you can't work. But the policy that they put in place was absolutely horrendous. And the language, they even, they even had booster shots in our policy. Right? So this was before the third shot was even mm. spoken about publicly. They knew it was coming. They knew what they were doing, right? So, <laughs> uh, it's just it's it still hurts, you know, because I like what I did. I was good at what I did. Right? I want to earn my paycheck for my family and support them. Yeah. Right. But today you've got a choice. You don't have to have it but you know yeah that's not a choice that's not a choice choice. this is what a lot of people have faced and a lot of people have actually i mean i could only imagine the anxiety people are are living with going fuck is this the day something goes wrong because i've put this into my body yeah it is it is it is a very double-sided coin double-sided sword sam you know i take my hat off to people that said no but then you know i'm lucky in a sense that i don't have a family i don't have kids so i don't have that bearing on me um like some people do with a family you know it's just me and my partner and you know she she works and she she does absolutely wonderful in her business but then also take my hat off to fathers and mothers that know they shouldn't be getting this but they've got no choice because they've got a family they've got kids to feed they've got their kids because it's such a selfless thing to do to put something into your body which you know it is going to be detrimental to your health and they're doing it for their children i take my hat off to those people i can't imagine what they're going through and and the anxiety that they that must sit with them it it, it would be you know it's it's indescribable yeah Um, i have a i have a 21 old son Mm-hmm. Um, it never crossed my mind, not 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 at all, no, not at at one moment, because being the starter for my family, if something did go, like I quit or I yeah. end up dead, yeah. where does that leave them? Yeah. 
I mean, and your life insurance won't even pay out if you die from the vaccine. I know there was a big thing. Um, uh, I've read this article. I don't like reading news articles because it's just a load of shite anyway. Um, but I read this article. There was this French gentleman who had a very wealthy, very large life insurance. He died from the vaccine and his life insurance policy didn't pay out because does not cover experimental drugs. So, I mean, you look at insurance companies, right? They are enormous companies and business entities, enormous. They are worth billions upon billions upon billions. Of, they're probably in the trillions, you know, for the, I know, uh, anything in, in the, but if they can put down and said, we don't cover experimental drugs, why why are people not picking up on this <laughs> how honestly it's, a, it's it how absolutely fucking stupid people are and they're so vocal about being stupid honestly they're being they, they, they're vocal about being stupid yeah oh go on roll up for w get your vax get and i'm like have you got any idea what that is no then why are you doing it if you do any research, and I see people. if you read any statistics, yeah. if you look at any data, if you have any sort of contradictory narrative, anything based on truth, not a clown world, but on truth, on like yeah. facts, on, you know, clinical observations and, uh, and, and, you know, patient histories, then obviously what's happening is being hidden. Uh, West 100%. Australia... West Australia is being so oppressed. So how do you, how is the resistance uh, going there? Like, what have you seen kind of formulating to fight back against no. McGowan? So I quickly want to touch back on what you said. You know, it's being yeah. hidden. I don't think a lot of it is actually being hidden. I mean, I have got some screenshot on my phone of stuff that I found. So on the World Health Organization page, they've got a section there for vaccine um, adverse reactions. And you look at the polio vaccine and the chickenpox and mumps and whatever, what have you, over timeframes of like 50 years where they've had these vaccinations, they've had, I can't remember off the top of my head, you know, 50 adverse reactions over the timeframe of 20 years for, 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 for um, smallpox. For the flu vaccine, I think over the time span of 20 or 30 years, they had a thousand adverse effects. And then you look down the bottom for COVID-19 vaccinations in 12 months, they had 2.5 million adverse reactions on the World Health Organization's website. But people are just, no, no, sorry, we don't see it. And, and if you come, and I, I've experienced this with my friends as well, um, where you give them information, they're like, oh, no, but that's, you can't, you can't believe that information because it is third party. I'm like, okay, listen, so what do we, uh, who do we believe? The World Health Organization. Okay, yes. They've backflipped so many times, you know, you don't know what's left or right anymore. But they've got it right there. 3.5 million recorded adverse reactions from COVID-19 vaccinations in 12 months. And the graph is right there. Okay, so do we believe that? Oh, no, because this and this and this. I said, okay, no, wonderful. So we don't believe the people you want us to believe with the information that they're giving us, which is what you take as gospel. Okay, fine. What about the CDC? Now, I'm not sure if you gentlemen saw end of last year, December, the CDC actually got pressured um, with the Freedom of Information Act, where they, I'm not sure if they got sued or they just got pressured. Um, I've got the screenshot on my phone. 
um, where the CDC actually came out and said the number of people in America, the USA, who died because of COVID was actually not 860,000 um, people in the USA. It was closer to 50,000. <laughs> so 860,000 died with with COVID, but only 50,000 people died because of COVID. Mm. Now, I could be wrong on that particular number, but I know it is like something like 116. I'm like, okay, listen, if we want to believe the, if we're not believing the who, let's look at the CDC. So the CDC has already come back and said, listen, they lied to us about the number. They massively overinflated it, that there's only actually been 50,000 people in America that died. So who do we believe now? So the information, gentlemen, is out there. People just do not want to believe it. They do not want to leave it because they, I think they're angry with themselves because they don't want to admit that they were wrong. Their ego and their pride has just absolutely swallowed them up because they were first in life. Stick it in me, stick it in me, stick it in me. It's like someone had an orgy, just stick it in me. Mm -hmm. And now they're angry because they literally got fucked and they yeah. don't want to admit that they are wrong. <laughs> you, you're, you're correct. You're right. You're 100% right. You know, I don't think people can actually fathom, right, in their little world that something so evil is actually lurking out there fucking yeah. with your life. Yeah. yeah. It would just cause a massive implosion in their brain to realize what, what is actually going on. Yeah, yeah. Because you're right, the, the data is there. The numbers, 100%. the numbers are there. We know the TGA is funded by Pfizer and AstraZeneca mm -hmm. and Moderna. Mm -hmm. you know, so there's a massive conflict of interest there, but that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. That's and, okay. Um, as long as yeah. we get our vaccines, it doesn't matter what they do. I mean, it's public information that Pfizer paid off doctors and falsified information. It's public information. No, I'm not sure if you gentlemen um, saw the whole thing where Pfizer asked the Supreme Court not to disclose any of their information for 75 years. They wanted amnesty from that through which they did fire back and say, listen, no, you have to do it. And 900 pages of their first meta-analysis got released in December. And I had a quick glance through some of it. It is a vast document, 900 pages. Now, um, <clears throat> Sam, you should know, I'm assuming you should know this. You Do you know what the term relative risk value is? Yes. So for the viewers that don't know what that is, that is basically just a projection of what they think something might be. So now we've all heard this going around that Pfizer gives you 98.7% uh, um, uh, protection from, from COVID. Now that is relative risk value. That's their projection of what they think it might be. So when you go digging a little bit deeper down and you come across where you see that their three-year trial was meant to be, well, their three-year trial was meant to be three years, but they shortened it to two months, undouble-blinded their studies, People died in the studies and the actual, the absolute risk value. So you've got your relative risk value and you've got your absolute risk value. The absolute risk value from Pfizer vaccination drops down to 0.84%. I'm not making this up. Anyone can go and download that document. It's 900 pages. You can read through. It's not blatantly pointed out. You need to go do a little bit of math because they give you the subjects from the blinded, the unblinded, and then the causation, uh, sorry, the morality from people that died with COVID and people that died because of the vaccine. 
And the risk, the, the relative risk value drops down from 98.7% to the absolute risk value, which is 0.84%. Now, what they also did in that study as well, we know that people most vulnerable to COVID are over 65 and people with comorbidities. Do you know what, do you know who Pfizer left out in their trials? Let me guess. People over the age of 65. <laughs> they specifically picked people between the ages of 18 and 45 to do their trials on. Yep, they, they, they padded their own, their own study to make themselves yep. look good. Yep. Yeah. I've heard There's public information. I've heard rumors, uh, again, through the socials, rumors, <clears throat> but excuse me, I've heard rumors that um, they, uh, when a vaccinated patient comes in, right, with a severe case of the Omicron, they treat them with ivermectin. When an unvaccinated person comes in with a severe case of Omicron, they put them on the ventilators or they put them through that standard remdesivir treatment to pad the yep. numbers like mm -hmm. that is a big claim right however the evidence that you're presenting to us you're saying like all of these people they know what's happening but they're turning their back why for a little bit of money is it that or is it something else is it just money is it just corruption if it was there'd be a lot more whistleblowers so there's something there that that's linking everyone and just kind of like steering the conversation away from COVID. Because as soon as you say, research the COVID thing to someone who's on that agenda, they stop listening and they yeah. automatically just click, put you into the anti-vax camp and everyone's well, either us or them, us or them. You're not allowed to say do your own research anymore. No. That, is a, that is a phrase that is absolutely frowned upon. Well, to come back to what you said, um, Mr. Baxman, um, it comes back to, you know, what Dr. Robert Malone said is follow the money. So he explained in his, in his podcast with um, our Lord and Savior, Joe Rogan, that hospitals get paid upwards of $30,000 per patient that they say died because of coronavirus. Even if they came in with fatal car accident injuries, internal bleeding, brain hemorrhaging, literally the lungs falling out of someone's arsehole, sorry for that graphic image, but if they tested positive for COVID and die because of their wounds from the car accident, they still put it down as death due to COVID because they get an exuberant amount of money so for that. Carl, that's, that's the first step right there. Did you see that moral conundrum? You just presented me with a situation. <clears throat> this person died, right? Okay. Uh, you say, hey, man, just put, just put because of COVID. But why? I mean, why do I got to put that? Just do it, do it. All right, fine, I'll put that. Then they get a, a, a bunch of money, right? So they've already made a deal. They've made a deal to lie, to like change the stats to suit whoever just asked them to. And then it becomes something that actually impact someone right like don't tell anyone about these adverse events no talking all right and i'll pay you a little bit of money so we have exchanged a, a, an agency a regulatory agency for the mafia with top-down money just going yeah. up the chain man well i mean you look at people like um 
you know, there's been speculation that Dr. Fauci in the last 18 months, who, his net worth has gone up by $10 million. Um, and someone in his position doesn't earn that kind of money. You look at an individual from our neighboring country, Jacinta Ardern, I think her annual salary is about $300,000. And she's been prime minister for three years. But her capital um, net worth is $28 million. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not horrible with math, but $300,000 over four years doesn't really get to capital um, property worth $28 million in four years. I mean, maybe my math is off. Maybe I just do not know how to do math, but, you know, there, there, there's all these things that are springing up where, you know, it makes you understand, it kind of, you know, the light bulb goes on. It's like, oh, now I understand why they're pushing it. Now I understand why all of this is happening because people are getting a couple of dollars underneath the table to push this. I mean, let's listen. Let's go back 50 years to the 60s when smoking was really cool and the doctors, do you remember the ads? Well, I mean, I wasn't there, but there were ads on TV where they said, um, uh, I don't know what a cigarette brand is. And what's a cigarette? Winfield. Winfield, the recommended cigarette by all GPs. <laughs> Yeah. GPs were, were 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 selling you selling you on smoking. Yeah. That's ex and they got money for it because they get paid promotions. Now it's just a little bit more shady. Mm -hmm. It's the same fucking thing. It it's is. the same thing that's happening right now. People are getting paid. Now I want to jump a little bit off topic right here. Now um, I watched another uh, interview. Um, with a doctor, <sighs> McCullum. Yes. And he said something that was extremely alarming to me, where the university, John Hopkins University, had a, um, a what do you call it, a seminar in 2015. Now, you can, you can look it up right now. Online, you can look up 2017. John Hopkins, what did they call it? They called it COVID. What was it about, Carl? Uh, so basically what it is, John Hopkins University, the medical university over in America, in 2017 had already written out a handbook for the COVID-19 pandemic. I mean, I've, I've got the screenshot on my phone. I just need to, sorry, I listened to it about a month ago. So it's not fresh in my head. So the, uh, Dr. McCullen was speaking about it. So they had a press conference where people attended and they literally wrote the manuscript on the COVID-19 pandemic, how it's going to happen. They even had the name. It, it wasn't COVID. It was co, um, I can't remember. Sorry, it is, I should have done a little bit more research coming onto your show, but it's been oh, crazy. It's okay, but it, it's, it's, almost, it's okay. almost the exact same name, but they had the whole thing written out saying they're going to drum up um, 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 public hysteria, making it out to be way uh, worse than it actually is. Was it the, the SPARS pandemic? That's SPARS, exactly. That's why I said it, it sounded very similar to the SARS pandemic that we had back in the day. Yeah. So they had the whole manuscript written out where the ultimate goal was mass vaccination. And then, and again, this is all—it's—it's it's all public information. Like you, if I go out and have a conversation with one of my friends over this, they look at you like you've completely lost 
Oh, six. Okay, Carl, Carl, Carl. It's right there. Let, let me throw a monkey wrench, right? Uh, let me just, because I know our listeners, our listeners are like, come on, guys, come on. You guys are like a little bit woo-woo right now. And I think, I think I'm going to stop woo-woo. listening. <clears throat> so here, here's a situation, right? Where we know that doctors are getting bonuses for recommending medicines like remdesivir that do more harm than good for preventing the um, advice on or even like the um, prescribing of ivermectin, we've seen um, people kind of lower down in the tier, hiding adverse events. All of this is in the data. All of this is in the statistics, right? And the goal, the initial goal, and we heard Fauci too, because Fauci was like, we, we, only have, we only have a limited amount of time. We only have a limited amount of time to do this. So they needed to get this stuff quickly. So boom. It's in the people. Now what? So here's my pro- here's my proposal, right? As the Vax man. So here, I'm thinking like you you guys are probably wondering why does he call himself the Vax man? Because I'm thinking like populations. I have a herd, a herd of cattle, and I gotta get my herd of cattle vaccinated yearly to prevent disease. I need my herd of cattle because that's my stock, right? That's my business. And that's what I got to do. So I just got to vaccinate them and I got to tag them. Don't forget that. So I don't lose any of them. And they're doing that to us now. And we are just like, okay, I guess I'll get vaccinated. I guess I'll get tagged. And we're just literally walking into the slaughter. Yeah. 100%. Why? Um, Why are we doing that? Why? Why? Vaxman, it's, 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 I think it's fear. I don't know anything. Let me put a disclaimer out there. I'm a massive idiot. I don't know anything. But what I do know is the doctor put something inside me and now I'm sick. That's, that's all I know. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in the world. I don't know. All I know is what happened to me. I got told, take this. Otherwise, you don't have a job. I took it and now I still don't have a job. I still lost my job. I don't know why people are doing it. I don't know why people are following it. Mass hysteria, mass psychosis hysteria is what Dr. Jordan Peterson and Dr. Um, Robert Malone labeled it. Mass psychosis hysteria. So where, where are you at now, Carl? Like, what's your life like day to day? Um, it was very much the same as what it used to be like on my r which is my week off. Um, I wake up early in the morning, go out for my walk. I need to get some form of cardiovascular exercise, even though I can't exert myself. Um, I still train. Um, after I had my injury, no doctor advised me of anything. No one said, listen, this is the treatment. This is what we're going to do. You know, this is our plan for the future. No one said, shite. They gave me medication. Medication didn't work. And that was it. No one knows what to do with me anymore. So I'm going about my day the way I normally do. I train. And then I try to, um, I, I, I tend to my clients that I have online. I work with them. I try to give them as much individual uh, attention as I possibly could give them all my expertise that I have and try and grow my business. That's, that's my main priority right now. Mr. Baxman is I need, I need to look for myself and I need to look out for myself as well. I need, I need to find something that is going to be self-sustainable where I'm off grid because we are all, we're all basically feeding out of the hand from the government. Um, 
or from someone else, big corporations, big, big, big companies. And it's like, we need to be thankful that they gave us a job, but without workers, the companies can't function. So I don't want to feed into that, you know, big corporation thing. Anymore. I think ultimately the goal is to be self-sustainable and to move out to bumfuck Alabama, <laughs> you know, somewhere and just live <clears throat> off of the land. No offense to our Alabama listeners either. We, we love you guys. Yeah. Now, I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. I want to move there because it's so lovely out there, you know, just be out there. Um, yeah, that's what it is. Vaxman is my, my days are very much interrupted by shortness of breath. Yeah. Um, severe angina but I, I get on with them i can either sit on the couch and feel sorry for myself and wait for this thing to completely consume me and take my life or i can enjoy what i've got left and make the most of it it certainly no. is a mental battle isn't it um we, yes we spoke to a young american last week and you know there are some massive similarities between the two of you um, and, and definitely the, the mental and emotional side that this is playing on, uh, it's just, I don't think people really, uh, they don't, uh, you know, from a, an outsider looking in, they, I think most people think, oh, okay, so you got, you know, a little bit fucked up by this injection. Well, you know what? The rest of us didn't, so it kind of balances out. So, you know what? You just go over there and you just, you know, don't cause die. Any... Yeah, you no, guys are there. I didn't want to. I didn't want to say it, but yeah, pretty much. Don't cause any. Don't cause any trouble. Don't make any waves, and you know, put up or shut up. You made your choice, yeah. but well, really, you didn't make your choice. Your choice was made for you, mm. like a lot of other people. And yeah. and this is why we're doing this, right? Because and... it's it's not just a it's not just a vaccine injury. It's a whole range of factors that leads up to this. Yep. Yep. And also, Sam, um, like, I, if I can add, like, Carl, you you were put into a position where you didn't really have a choice, right? Um, yep, a choice yep. was made for you. Um, mm-hmm. And that day, like, shortly after that, you you were pretending to be dead, and somehow that reality came to be because later that evening, you had a heart attack, and you were literally probably died for a millisecond or two. So from that moment forward. You're, you're no longer here, man. You're a ghost. So do the best that you can. Yeah. Do the yeah. best that you can to yeah. do whatever you need to do to fight this, man. To keep resisting um, and keep keep positive vibes out there. Yeah. I mean, there, there is definitely resistance um, happening. And and I can see it happening. I, even though it's very small, I'm, I'm happy to see it. You know, my family refuses to get, to get vaccinated. Um, my partner is not vaccinated. Um, I, I, I talked to a lot of people and a lot of people have actually come to me and said, listen, after seeing your story, uh, I'm not getting vaccinated anymore. I'm, I'm going to find a different path of trying to support myself. And I can see, um, and I don't want to say too much about this, but our local places where we go to lift heavy, heavy objects and put them down, um, they're starting to resist as well. Wow. Um, there's There's been measures taken into place where, they're offering safe haven because you know we have now been ostracized as unvaccinated um just 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 fyi on that so my my local gym i will i'm very happy to throw them under the bus Revo fitness which is a very large um fitness chain and um, i actually know the owners adam um when i went to go active now i'm putting this in in brackets activate 
my membership and show them that I've been vaccinated, but I now have a medical exemption. They didn't accept that. They didn't accept that I've got a medical uh, uh, um, exemption from the vaccine. So I quit my membership out there, but there are some havens out there that have offered us sanctuary as the unjabbed, because if you take away everything from us, one of the worst things you can take away is the mental stability of being able to foster a healthy mind and a healthy body. I mean, I honestly don't understand how we are not allowed into a gym or a fitness center anymore when it is the most crucial part of being healthy. Like all these people on on, on, on our governments and, and Fauci and all these people talk about, it's about your health. They've not once, not, not, not a single person have spoken about training, staying healthy, cardiovascular exercise, looking after your body, a healthy diet of meat and vegetables, drinking water, making sure you're staying hydrated through electrolytes, regulating your hormones for women that um, you know experience their menstrual cycles. All of them, not one of them has actually, has actually said anything that is relating to health. It's all about let's inject this source into you and that's healthier. No, if you have to put in something through a needle into our body, that's not healthy. Not one of them has actually come out and given proper medical advice on how to be healthy. Not one of them. They're not promoting health because if they did, gyms would not be closed. Wow. <clears throat> well, how can we help you out, Carl? Tell us um, how our, we have a lot of, um, a lot of connections down here with resistance. Um, people and people who are standing up and saying enough is enough, you know, a lot of movements. Um, and we're all trying to connect and build alternate communities that, you know, are more, a bit more humane and not discriminatory, man. Um, and we have a lot of, uh, a lot of people connecting through the channels and the telegrams and the, yeah. and the this and the that, you know, you know, where they all, where, where everyone finds each other. Yeah. And I think yeah. that, yeah. Carl, that is what's giving us hope. Because yeah. in the old days, a little convoy in Canada would have not gotten any coverage. But nowadays, no. there's a convoy in Are you talking every about- single country, man. That is resistance. Are you talking That's about like the fringe people. minority? Yeah, the fringe minority, right? The fringe oh minority that you can see from space. Jesus Christ. So it's it is, honestly, it's become, it has become like the Hunger Games, you know, us, the fringe minority. You know, we're, de- we're dwelling out in the shadows, but, you know, we're, we're, we're building resistance. We're, we're building traction. Yeah. Like, it is definitely getting to the point where more and more people are waking up. You know, we were talking about the, the jabs in the second and the third. Like, I've seen, you know, a lot of people are not getting, a lot of people are already fed up. They're already fed up with the first and the second one. They don't want to go back for the third one and i think this is the sticking point where we we've gotten to the sticking point now i mean people are all countries are already opening up the uk's opened up uh norway's opened up um i know there's there's a handful of other places that's opened up you know no more restrictions no more no more mandates and and i I think what we're doing right now is exactly what needs to be done we need to come out and, and, and and speak the truth and not be afraid i mean i really don't have anything to lose anymore now I've lost everything. I've lost everything. I've lost my health. I've lost my job. I've lost my income. I've lost everything. I know I should, I should be very grateful for what I have at the moment. I still have my family and I have a wonderful and amazing partner who I 
could I could never ever have dreamt of being with someone as amazing as what she is. She's kept me solid through all of this. She's looking after me. And I've got more to lose. I definitely have more to lose. And I would never want to lose my family or my partner. But you know, the other things I've lost, I've lost my job, I've lost my health. But we all need to we need to get the word out because people just don't know. They just don't know, but we're being censored as well. I mean, look at look at Joe Rogan. They want to take him off off of Spotify, even though he is the biggest source of information the world now has ever seen. More people watch Joe Rogan and listen to Joe Rogan than what the biggest news agency CNN does. And he's been, and, and they're trying to censor him. Basic We've got a very difficult road ahead. Okay, an hour, yeah, two yeah. hour, three hour conversations. That's that's what they want to censor instead of what they want to sell us is little clips that are edited with music that increase the fear and the anxiety. So you see this fear, this anxiety in the community leading to these decisions. And I think you're right. We are at a fork in the road. Part of them, whoever's organizing this, part of them is saying, go hard, get it in before we pull out. The other side is saying, man, they're starting to wake up too quick. Pull out, pull out, pull out. Where is Australia going to head? Where is McGowan going to land? The election is coming up and it's insane, man. It's a tinderbox. It is, you know, going back to what you said, Vaxman, is, you know, people want these little videos with, with, with you know, a little voice, a little bit of dramatic music. I think the reason why that is, is because we've become so inundated with social media. We don't have attention span anymore. People cannot sit down and listen or watch a three-hour conversation because they don't have their attention span anymore. They do not want to have a long-winded discussion where we dive into the facts and the statistics and the data. All they want is some arsehole talking over a piece of music that's lying to you because it is small, easily digestible information. And I'm putting that in brackets because it's not information, it's misinformation and it's lies. And this is the first generation of mobile phones. The first generation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's me. I mean, I came out, I was a teenager when mobile phones um, got brought out, but I mean, that was still black and white text messages. Now we live with it. And it literally, there is no other way to say this. It dictates our lives. That piece of equipment in your pocket that holds more computing power than what Apollo 16 had dictates everything we do because even while we were talking like i had conversations going off and it vibrates onto my wrist and i'm like oh what's going on here and i get that little feed of dopamine that little dopamine feed in my head oh i want to know what's going on i want to know. shove it in my face please like we we've just lost so much continuity of being intellectual people that we've been fed these small snippet of lies and that's all we have the mental capacity to deal with people people cannot deal with the truth anymore because the truth takes intellectual capacity it, it, it takes some brain power to understand the truth people don't have that anymore they we're all now excuse me for saying this word and i don't want to say this very likely we're all idiots because we just want to again we just want little bits of lies fed to us because that keeps us complacent complacent that's a wonderful term for what's happening right now which is complacent i think that's why joe rogan is successful because he his conversations are on audio so people just turn it on while they're driving 
And then listen to yeah. someone who's chatting with someone who's really smart, someone who's asking good mm -hmm. questions. So that's what we're hoping to do as well. Like we, we have these long interviews with people who have, uh, you know, a new angle, more information about what's happening, because we need to chronicle yeah. what is happening, because they're going to they're going to wash all this out, man. When when the tables turn, they'll wipe everything clean. All the servers yeah. will go blue. And then no, 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 we're recording. We're keeping track. And the other thing we want to do is share. We want to create community. So how can people reach out for your business? Like you're, you said, you're doing some online training. Um, how can yep. they contact you? Um, and how can we get word out for your uh, services? So uh, you can find me on Instagram. Um, my handle is Flexit. And then there's a word that English people can't pronounce. <laughs> uh, I've been having trouble with that. So that word is not a real word. It's a made up word. So it is a Afrikaans word that basically means beefcake. <laughs> um it was it was a nickname that was given to me um so it is you can oh, search for me flex underscore it and i will come up i'm actually the first person that comes up even though i'm very proud of this there is a international bodybuilder flex lewis so his instagram handle is also flex but if you type flex underscore my name comes up first and the the services that i offer is is all online so I've got people from all over the world. So anyone, I'm, I've just finished my course and I'm just about to finish my course, which is um, female specific and female anatomy and physiology. So I work with women, you know, through their cycle, their menstrual cycle for proper nutrition. And like I said, at university, that's what I specialize in. So I basically teach people, you know, what's one thing that we, that is one of the most important things of our modern day life that we don't get taught in school. We get taught the Pythagoras theorem in maths. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the Pythagoras theorem. I think it's absolutely fascinating. We get taught the, 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 the um, theorem for mass times acceleration is force in, in science, which again, in itself is wonderful, but they don't teach us how to eat. They don't teach us what nutrition is. They don't teach us how to fuel your body for what you want to do. And that's how we've ended up with a society that's fat and dumb. And that is where my expertise come in. I teach people how to eat, how to learn how to eat, how to learn how to fuel their bodies and get them back into the gym. So I work with all, everyone through gen pop to bodybuilders, competitors, and that's the service that I offer worldwide. And I want to teach people how to be able to take their life into control because I feel for the most part before I had this jab, amazing all the time. I wake up 5.30 in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, and I'm energized. I'm ready for my 14 hour day work. I rarely, gentlemen, I rarely feel shit. And then I look at these people that can't get out of bed and they need five, six, seven cups of coffee. And there is, they just absolutely depleted all the time. And they can't even muster up the fucking courage to wake themselves off at the end of the day because they're so tired and they're so drained. I do not experience that because I know how to eat and I know what it feels like to feel good and that's the that's the service i offer is to feel good and then part of the byproduct is you'll look better as well <laughs> there it is uh health diet is important. i like it mm. okay yeah, yeah so I'll tell you, it's it's been it's been really nice talking to you tonight um yeah uh we'll we'll help you out however we can 
Gentlemen, I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. As you have heard before, I referenced Joe Rogan as our Lord and Savior. I do believe that what he's doing is going to put us in a new era and move us forward in, in, a, in a technological era of actually getting unbiased information out there. And what you guys are doing are doing the exact same thing. You know, you're taking people from all over the world and just having a chat with them, you know, and whether or not it is relatable to anyone's life, it might be, maybe my story can touch one person's life, but you know, you've got a African slash Australian idiot on here talking about his experience and, and that's what we need. We don't need people forcing stuff down us and you guys are honestly doing the Lord's work out there because you've taken it upon yourself and I'm still struggling with that you know, to do it myself because my main avenue is social media. But if I get banned on there, I can't get my reach. And you guys are doing a absolute wonderful, wonderful job being the voice for the voiceless. And you know what? Tonight when you go to bed, um, and I'm sure it is very late there for you guys, I don't know if your partners or your wives or your children are going to be asleep or they're going to say goodnight to you. But I want to say to you after this is done, goodnight and thank you. And I want to take my hat off to gentlemen you are doing a wonderful job thank you carl thank you so much so for our listeners in south australia when you're looking for carl's website and his hashtag and his instagram stuff remember it's flex underscore and now google is going to try to sell you with the flex up because our premier kept saying let's flex up australia flex up and then what was the other one, Sam? Rock up, flex up, uh, boost, yeah. boost, boost. So <laughs> make sure to type in the right, right word. <laughs> flex it, flex underscore it, and then just type a V and it'll come up. Let me just double check if that's still. So flex uh, underscore it. Yeah, no, I'm still the first one that comes up. Flex it. Yeah, I'm still the first one there. I'm still proud of that. One. <laughs> Man, that's, that's um, and, you know, just to do a little plug out there, um, for people that do um, find themselves in a spot of bother financially, um, I'm going through it myself, so I do offer discounted um, coaching as well. You know, I'm not going to sell my highest ticket item if you're experiencing something that it's out of your control. If you've lost your job, I'm more than happy to help with people and and offer my services through as cheap as possible because I know what it's like and I want to, and that's, that's my job. That is literally my job. My job as a health coordinator to which I studied for is to make sure people are fit and healthy in the mining industry. Now I'm just doing it as a private citizen. I want to see people feel good. So if, if you're financially in, in, in a spot of bother, reach out to me, like we'll work something out. I understand what it's like. What is happening here? You're, you're talking about capitalism with compassion. This sounds normal, but in today's world of capitalism at all costs, which is the clown world reality, your version of like, let's help each other out makes no sense to me anymore, Carl. It's crazy, man. It's yeah. a clown world out there and we will keep documenting it. We will keep bringing people like Carl to the table to talk to you about what it's really like to deal with all of this madness in every aspect. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Sam, for joining us tonight. This is the Vaxman. This is Sam. And remember, resist, live free, do not lie.
This has been Prison Colony Resistance, where you come to get your PCR test for truth.